Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Amen. So dinner parties. Turns out we are not the first people to have a dinner party. (laughs) Shocking, I know. Um, There is an incredible story in the Bible about a dinner party, and I would love to start there this morning. So if you have your Bibles, let's open to Luke chapter 14. That was a joke, by the way. (laughs) I'm glad it landed so well. So Luke 14, this is what it says. When one of those at the table heard him with him heard this, he said to Jesus, and by the way, Jesus has gone to uh, one of the ruler of the Pharisees' house to have this meal. And this is what he said, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, and this is where he shares a parable about a dinner party. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. So let everybody know, we're good to go. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I just said that the other day. Just kidding. (laughs) And I'm on my way to try them out. I wonder what that means. Please excuse me. Still reported, another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blinds, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. So here's a dinner party that's been prepared. And obviously this is talking about heaven, like saying yes to Jesus, eternal life, when we're all invited. And by the way, this morning, just FYI, you have been invited (laughs) to the feast. There is one way and his name is Jesus and he died for all, for the sins of all. And you're in it. You're in on it. You're invited. And what, they're t- what Jesus is talking about here is he's speaking to these Pharisees, to the Jews, and he's saying, see, you guys have been waiting for me, but you didn't even know. And he's not saying that specifically, but I wondered, man, did he want to? Because I really would. But he's like, We invited, we're we're inviting these people, these Jews, and they're missing it. And so what Jesus knows is that the gospel is for all, and all will be included. And he's saying, the ones who I came for have rejected me, but I'm inviting everybody. So while you found excuses to not come to the feast that I prepared for you, guess what? The invitation's opened up, and everybody's in. And it's this beautiful picture of what happens when the king of heaven arrives and he sees you. 
whether you're sitting in a fancy house somewhere or you're some dark alley, down some dark alley trying to figure out what the heck you're supposed to be doing with your life or whether you're broken or you're sick or wherever you find yourself, Jesus shows up and he says, you're invited to the feast. So there's a dinner party that's been arranged and you've been invited and all you have to do is say yes. There's a feast prepared. It's not a drive-through. We don't pull up to the like little menu box and hear the crackly voice come across. Help, day. <laughs> uh, give me a minute. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I drive through stress me out, especially when Maddie's ordering because not only is it hard to hear anybody, but then when you have an accent, it's like, I'm leaning over like, what he said was French fries. <laughs> I mean, but we don't ever order that. Kale salad. <laughs> Just kidding. I've never ordered a kale salad. At a, no, that's not true. I ordered one at Chick-fil-A one time. It was a terrible decision. They do fries and chicken. I'm trying to get a kale salad at the Chick-fil-A. I'm glad we talked about that. <laughs> it's not a drive through Because the king of heaven doesn't need to give you a bunch of options, he knows exactly what you need. <laughs> he knows exactly what you need to make you healthy. He knows exactly what you need to make you not over full so that you can't move and do anything. <laughs> he knows exactly what you need and he's prepared a feast. And he's invited everybody that's coming around the table. He knows who you're going to sit next to. He knows what might ruffle your feathers about them. But guess what? You're not in job of inviting. You're not in charge of inviting. You're in, you're in charge of saying yes with your own life. And then looking around you at the table and going, God has brought us all here by his grace. Not one of us deserves to be here. And yet here we sit. And our job now is to love one another, just as God has loved us. Just like Proverbs 27 says, iron sharpens iron, so as one man sharpens another. It also says, as Matt said last week, wounds from a friend can be trusted. What do you have to be worried about? Kisses from an enemy. If you haven't had any wounds from a friend lately, you might want to check and see if you have any real friends. Hello, <laughs> if you've been holding, I'm not talking about like being cruel, but if you've been holding back when the Holy Spirit has prompted you to speak into your friend's life, your brothers and sisters in Christ, you might need to start asking him what he needs you to say to speak into them so iron can begin to sharpen iron. Right. Otherwise, we're just a bunch of dull blades that look like we could accomplish something until we're actually needed. You know what I'm saying? Like a sword, like an old sword that somebody has as a relic sitting somewhere in their house and you're like, oh, cool sword. If anybody collects sword, I'm sorry, but that's super weird. When there's just like a random like sword and, and you're like, oh, hi, beautiful home. Um, do you use that? Nice sword. Just kidding. They're cool. I'm, they have a purpose. They did. <clears throat> Anyways, it's like having a dull sword on your wall. What happens when the battle comes? Cool sword. Pretty dull. Not very helpful in a battle that you need precision in, like the one we're in, and we fight every day, the spiritual warfare that's raging around us. So you need iron to sharpen iron. 
You need those blades to be ready for the battle that God is inviting you to be a part of and to win by his strength and his power. Sometimes we fight with dull tools and we wonder what's going on. And God is like, but I I would sharpen your sword for you. You don't have to swing harder. You just need to let me sharpen you. And then the swing can be light and the precision is, is right where it's supposed to be. Cuts right through where it's supposed to. All right. So let's keep going. I'm going to shoot three today. Three points. Are you ready? Do you have your notes? you have your Bibles? What happens and how do we get into the dinner party? What does it look like to arrive at the dinner party? And bear with me here because we're talking about the feast of heaven, but also the working of our, out of our salvation happens on the earth, right? So there's a part of this dinner party that we partake in here on the earth. Number one, you've got to arrive. You've got to arrive at the table. First step to come into the party is saying, RSVP, yes. Is anybody else terrible at RSVPs? We're doing a wedding in two weeks, and I didn't even RSVP to it. We're the officiants. <laughs> I'm like, but you guys know we're coming, right? <laughs> we'll be there. You got to arrive. You got to RSVP, yes. Yes, I am coming. I'm coming to the party. We say yes to Jesus, then we arrive. And what happens if you think about you go to somebody's house for dinner, right? And one of my favorite things is the world, in the world is like when they open the door and you smell that they've been like sauteing onions and garlic. You know what I'm talking about? Like when it's like a, like hits you when you open the door and it just like wakes you up. It's like preparation for what's about to happen. You know what I'm saying? When you arrive at the feast of the Lord, He starts to wake you up before you've even tasted. If you walked in here this morning or you're online this morning and you're like, I've never been a part of something like this. I've never known the love of God like this. Something is happening. It's like that foretaste, the aroma of heaven waking you up, the aroma of Christ waking you up. It says in 2 Corinthians 2, it talks about us being like a fragrance of heaven, like a Christ-like fragrance. And if we can be a Christ-like fragrance, that means Christ has a fragrance. So do you know that when you like invite somebody to the dinner table, you go out to invite people to come in and know this God that has saved you and has woken you up and you open the door and you're like, come on in. You wanna see what he does? You wanna see what he's doing in here? As soon as you open the door, the fragrance of heaven should be like, wham. Where they're like, oh, this, that smells good. You know what I'm talking about? What do you smell like? (laughs) It's an awkward question in the summertime in Florida. (laughs) What do you smell like? Have you ever been around somebody that eats like a ton of garlic? (laughs) And it like, it like exudes from their pores. What do you smell like? What do you consume? What's coming out of you? That when you get close to somebody, they're like, I'm gonna go. (laughs) Or they're like, tell me more. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? If people are running the other direction constantly, it might just be a heart check for you to go, what's coming out? What am I putting in that seems to be exuding out so easily? What story am I telling? So number one, we have to arrive. And number two, we dive. You arrive and then you dive. You dive in deeper than just surface level. You show up to a party, that's awesome. 
You sit down at the table and you say nothing for an entire dinner. That's awkward. (laughs) We've got to go further than just surface level. My daughter went to a spring the other day with her, um, with like her best friend for her birthday. And so they went to the Florida Springs, which are beautiful. And if you've ever been to the Springs, most of them you'll have like the beautiful clear water on the outside. And then there's like a cave in the middle, you know? And so you can see that the water has come up from this fresh spring and it's created these bright blues and clear, fresh water. And if all you did was stay in that shallow part, you might experience like what the spring brought up, but you wouldn't know the depths of where it came from. And for you and I to just stay on the surface level is like just being in that spring. I can touch, I'm good, safe. I like this spot. (laughs) Not dangerous, doesn't require much of me. I can have a drink in my floaty and like, (laughs) You know, do you drink Zephyr Hills at like the spring? I don't know, it feels funny. <clears throat> Strange. It'd be easy to say where it's shallow. But the mystery and the wonder is when you dive in deep and you find out where the water's coming from. So when you show up at a dinner party, I want to encourage you, don't just stay shallow. Dive in deep together. You're not gonna be like everybody else. You don't have the same background as everybody else, but you are uniquely you, and what you bring to the table matters. And you can't authentically do life with people if they don't know who you are. But as you open up and become vulnerable, you, do, you have to, number one, you need to guard your heart, right? Because the enemy always is taking swings. So you need to be able to decipher when the enemy's taking a swing at you and when God is speaking to you which at the beginning of the service is why I said we have to have the Holy Spirit showing us how to walk out our lives as believers. And if you don't know what that means, we would love to talk to you after the service about that. Love to go deeper with you on that. But that's what it looks like to do authentic community. So we dive, and this is what it says in Ephesians 3. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. The deeper we dive, the more he builds our lives on who he is. The deeper we dive, the more our eyes are open to the breadth and the depth and the length and the height of his love for us so that we begin to start responding in our everyday lives out of knowing who we are, being rooted and established in love. So we dive. It's the difference between consuming to survive and consuming to thrive. Why do we show up at the table? Why do we show up on Sundays? Are we showing up so we can consume to just survive and get to the next week? Or are we consuming intentionally with intentionality to thrive in our lives the way God intended us to, being rooted and established in his love? So arrive, dive. You like this? Here we go. Thrive. (laughs) So point number three, thrive. Enjoy. 
We thrive in joy. We thrive in love. We thrive in the midst of adversity. We thrive in the midst of chaos. We thrive in the midst of complexity. Whatever we're season, season that we're in as believers, when we say yes to showing up to the table, to the feast that God has prepared, it's knowing that he's gonna build our lives in a way because of the depth of his love for us. He's gonna build us in a way that we will thrive no matter what it looks like on the outside. To thrive is to begin to take all that we've consumed at the table and allow it to nourish us and change us. Who knows that as you consume natural food, if you consume food that is good for you, consume food that's good for you, it begins to change the way that your body responds to the everyday stuff that you do. If you consume donuts every single day for a week, you're gonna feel really bad, <laughs> but that sounds delicious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though, right? Like there's a way to thrive when you sit at the table. And if you're sitting at the right table, everything that you're consuming will help you to thrive. If you feel tired and sluggish, like you're not, like something is not right, you might have just been consuming the food from the wrong table, <laughs> right? Like don't go to the kid's table and hit up the mac and cheese and the chicken nuggets. That's great when you're just a kid, right? It's fine, it's fine. But once you start to grow up, you realize your body needs more than that. And as we grow in God, we've gotta start realizing that we've gotta consume the right things. We've gotta have self-discipline to go, that's not my table. This is my table. This is the one God prepared for me. So I wanna take a minute and I just wanna read from Ephesians chapter four. And I'm gonna give you a little context because Paul was writing a letter to the Ephesian church and he was writing it to them, and their context was they're a port town. They all, for the most part in their city, they worship the goddess Diana, and so they've built a big statue to her, and they make trinkets of her, and they sell them. It's a town of artisans. They have a guild, and if you're in the guild, you're making money. Like, it's a profitable place to be. And Paul's writing this letter to the Ephesians, and he's saying to the church, in Ephesus, I see that you're there. I see that they won't let you make your craft anymore. I see that they won't let you in the guild anymore because you've chosen Jesus. But let me remind you, it's he who called you that's gonna sustain you. It's he that called you that's gonna give you the strength to be who he's called you to be as his church. In the midst of the world telling you what you're doing is messing them up. Don't do that. Don't be like Christ. Come be like us. This is where the money is. This is where it's happening out here. You can't be a part of us if you're gonna choose him. Paul's saying, choose him. He'll sustain you. He'll make you like him. And he'll help you live a life that you thrive in and that you're flourishing in. So this is what it says. And I think that this is incredibly helpful for what the world is in the middle of today. Starting in verse one, chapter four. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. Hey. <laughs> it's so awkward when it's true. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit. 
as you were called into the same glorious hope of divine, sorry, as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. You want to know how you thrive in community? We have to have this kind of a heart towards each other. Let's go to verse 15. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper, hey, dive, deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church, for his body has been formed in his image and closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Hey, unity. Do you have to agree with each other on everything to thrive and be one in community? No. Do you need to be generous and love towards one another and express how you feel in sincere love to be in healthy, authentic community next to people you don't agree with? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't supposed to do that in the microphone. <clears throat> For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given, every member, including you, has been given divine gifts to what? To contribute to the growth of all. All of you matter. Your part matters. And as these gifts operate effectively through the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. And then verse 26, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you into sin. In other words, don't be driven by just how you feel. It has to match up with the word of God. Otherwise, we find ourselves at all kinds of tables. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not for even a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. If any one of you has stolen from someone else, So if you messed up, what does it say? Never do it again. Instead, be industrious. Do the opposite. Do it God's way. Just flip it around. If you've done it, all right. Ask for forgiveness. Jesus, salvation for all, wipes our sins away. We just have to ask. Instead, be industrious. Earn an honest living. And then you'll have enough to bless those in need. What what the enemy meant to wipe you out will actually become a blessing for somebody else as you just say yes to God. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead use your words. Let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. You want to help somebody you don't agree with? Speak words of grace to them. (laughs) Ouch. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Christ Jesus. He's put his mark on you until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence on your life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. But instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Instructions for living. Instructions, an invitation to arrive, an invitation to dive, and an instruction for how to thrive when you're there. It's, it's so clear, isn't it? Like, like almost like, oh, really? <laughs> couldn't have been like vague so I could have kind of made it my own it is clear this is how we thrive 
everyone's invited and dinner is served and community is necessary and sharpening is uncomfortable, but you can't live without it. And forgiveness might just be where you need to start today. We were singing earlier, Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Move of your spirit. Heaven break out. Do you know where revival begins? In your heart and in my heart. You want to see God's revival sweep through our city and sweep through our nation and cover the earth? It starts right here. And so what I'm believing is, why don't we stand together for a moment? We're going to take a minute and worship and What I'm believing for you this morning is if there's something you need to let go of, I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me the word let go. And the other word I heard was control. So I don't know if those go together for you, let go of control, needing to control stuff, or there's maybe unforgiveness that you've been harboring in your heart and God is like, no, it's time to let it go. It doesn't mean it happened, it didn't happen, it just means you're willing to trust me with it. And I just want to encourage you as we worship, if that's you, if there's something going on, you just need to give your surrender to God, which, um, you know, that's all of us, so hey. Or you need to let go of some unforgiveness that's been holding you back or let go of control that you've been holding on to or the thing that's been making you think you weren't qualified. And remember today that you are called, you are qualified. God has given you everything you need to contribute to his body. If you don't know him yet, he's inviting you in. What you're feeling, what you're sensing is the aroma of Christ. And it's sweet and it's good and there's a reason that you want more. And I just want to invite you to raise your hands with me. And we're going to worship and we're going to surrender. And we're going to ask God to begin the revival in our hearts right now. Okay? So come on team, let's sing. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.